barely graduate, they ain't got the tools. Maybe comes the tax dollars that I make sure I sing and spend. Hiring some teachers that don't look like them. And the curriculum be tricking them, them dollars I spend. Got us learning about the heroes with the whitest of skin. One thing about the men that's controlling the pen and write history, they always seem to write out their sins. Maybe we'll never see a black man in the White House again. I write a check to the IRS, my pockets get slim. Damn, do I even have a say about where it's going? Some older nigga told me to start voting. I said democracy is too fucking slow. If I'm giving y'all this hard-earned bread, I want to know. Better yet, let me decide, bitch, it's 2018. Let me pick the things I'm funding from the app on my screen. Better that than letting wet congressmen I've never seen dictate where my money goes. Straight into the palms of some money-hungry company that make guns that circulate the country and then wind up in my hood making bloody toes. Straight bullet hit a young boy with a snotty nose. Yo, we back. Episode. Episode four. Episode four. Back after a break. I uh. I went hiking, and then I had a mental breakdown the next weekend, so which delayed it. Delayed the podcast. So now we're on episode four. Yeah, episode four. We're back and rejuvenated. Yeah. So ready to deliver the hot take. I've heard some feedback, uh, primarily from my parents, that uh, my uh, the podcast lacks structure, and so we actually have a I have a Microsoft Word document open right now, and it says item one impeachment. It says item two democratic candidates. Uh, I'm also going to try to speak slower, and less animated, uh, and I'm going to try not to slam the table. And that's that's and my commitment to you. That goes to me for me as well. My feedback is don't slam the. Mo- don't slam the mic and or the table when I get excited. Can't help it. Can't help it. Too fired up. Well, you know, passion. That's what it's all about here on the podcast. I think also to the audience, we are still taking uh, still taking submissions for podcast names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> no name. It's still just the uh, the no-name show. Yeah. But uh, we're, taking, we're taking submissions. Yeah. I think the best so far is, what, Alan's submission? What was his? It was something against the man. Oh, man. Uh, 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 the powers that be. The powers that be, yeah. <laughs> Ties into our electricity market background as well. And our, and our bipartisan rejection of the man. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. That is bipartisan. Foundationally agree on his Yeah, co-host. and you know, I think a lot of people in the country do too, which influences <laughs> like a lot of the topics we talk about is that, that general sense that, that most people are, are pretty pissed off with, <laughs> with the status quo. Um, well, some aspects of it, I should say. Most people are not maybe pissed off with the status quo as much as the, the people in charge. Just the, the people the generic, in power. The generic they. Yeah, you know, they. That's what it really is. It's, you know, those they. The golds. They, yeah. <laughs> they out there. Someone out there is fucking my day up. Yeah. Also, Epstein <laughs> didn't kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Start with impeachment? Should we want to start with impeachment? Update. We're doing an impeachment update and... Things Quick hot takes, reaction, reaction to hot takes. I don't know anything about the impeachment. I don't follow it at all, except for like legitimately only the highest of top line headlines. So Trevor, where are we? What's the situation? Well, yeah, because I am the exact opposite. I live and breathe every <laughs> single detail. Uh, I find it incredibly fascinating. 
And even though I know much of what I'm reading is nonsense and speculation and meant to get people like me to click the article and, and get excited, and I, like I, I, I lean political in. political like intrigue. It's like they're leaking, both sides leak stories and yeah. leak things that then get picked up by the New York Times and by the Walpole who then writes their things. And, you know, so it's yeah. like, totally in the, in, the, in the vortex. Right, exactly. So, but, yeah, the, I think let's just start at a high level. So, you know, just to review, Trump... Uh, has, well, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I mean, Trump, is, he, he's had a, uh, a creative uh, foreign policy platform, um, to say the least, and uh, an even more creative strategy for implementing that platform, uh, rejecting traditional channels like, uh, I don't know, the State Department, in favor <laughs> of using his personal ator- attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and then random cabinet members like uh, William Barr or Rick Perry. And or, then also uh, his, of course, his Twitter handle. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, that that's being the foremost instrument of American foreign policy. As it should be. As it should be. You know, <laughs> finally, finally connecting the, the, the president to the people in a way that we've never seen. Uh, the people of other countries as well. Um, so fundamentally with, you know, whether it's the, well... Yeah, let's just let's just it, let's go all the way back to Russia first because there was this this whole Mueller investigation that you know you may or may not have heard of. Um, where, what are we calling that? Russia Gate. Russia Gate. Call it Russia Gate. Russia Gate's great. Russia uh, Gazi. Russia Gazi. <laughs> just just to be absolutely. Yo, you know, obtuse. Republican brought up Benghazi uh, about the Ukraine thing. Is that like? Oh, this is just like Benghazi. They're like, yeah, the State Department has traditionally failed because you know Benghazi. I was like, no, we're not. How are you still mining this for gold? I really don't understand. It's just like we take one anyway. Uh, so the. Russia situation happened, right? So the, the, the claim was that Trump may or may not have colluded with a foreign government in, in order to, to help him win election with Hillary Clinton. We had Mueller come in, and he looked at it all, and he said, I don't know, these guys are a bunch of liars. I can't really prove any, one way or another that he intentionally tried to coordinate with the Russians to get their support. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, he said there is no evidence. He could not, there, was no, there was no indication of a conspiracy. He said there was no collusion there was no like essentially Mueller no was like He's yeah right? yeah exactly the there's no conspiracy he's like this guy trump's campaign did not go to russia and say and hey conspire. please hack right at least, at, least he and didn't find any, at least he didn't find any evidence he didn't find any evidence and and then he Mueller went on to outline 10 uh counts of obstruction of justice because essentially the reason well i would claim and you know you could, people reasonable people can disagree but i would claim that trump probably did do some of that colluding conspiracy whatever but you know if you put enough liars up there and you know enough obfuscation then you're never going to get to the truth there and so Mueller was just like finally threw his hands up and was like you know what everyone's you know lying no one's coming forward and uh, ultimately I can't prove anything and so we're not going to charge him uh, here's some he outlined some obstruction of justice counts then William Barr came up and said hey you know we have this Justice Department precedent where we don't convict uh, we don't convict uh, sitting presidents of crimes, win. and so you know this is a political stuff. This yeah, is a political was, issue. Yeah, we don't convict. It's also I don't. I think it's more history. I'd say it's more a president can't be indicted. Can't that, be indicted. Yeah. It's like that, it, yeah. It, exactly. Legal, uh, from a con- whatever the claim would be, the Justice Department policy. I think that goes back to I, when I read about it. It seems like that goes back to Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. The well, Justice that's, Department and yeah. Nixon, and then from that point on, consecutive Justice Departments through both. Multiple administrations have maintained that kind of sitting precedent. Right. So that's what we—that's what William Barr inherited. And he sure. Did not, and he didn't. I think it's a con- more controversial 
sure. thing. I mean, but it's like, and it's also great on my demands, like constitutional law. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we could do a sec- potentially could do a podcast on that. I think it's interesting. Yeah. So uh, in any case, the only reason I'm bringing up all the Mueller stuff is that uh, Mueller essentially outlined for Congress ten different obstruction of justice counts should they want to pursue impeachment. At the time, the House leadership, Nancy Pelosi, was like, no, we don't. We don't want to. And this is fine. So we close the door on Mueller. Fine. Rush well, is in the past. Rush is now in the past. Trump's celebrating. This is a victory. This is a deep state witch hunt. Everybody's going, Democrats screwed the pooch here. Yeah, why do they spend all that waste all our money and time on this on this investigation if you're kind not going to do anything? Down, yeah. Kind of a letdown, I think, for the Dems. One of the interesting things to come out of that Russiagate situation was... The counter-conspiracy. Right? The counter-conspiracy with Ukraine. And so there was some... There's a conspiracy theory that, that went around that Hillary Clinton had some server... Uh, that the Ukrainians were actually hiding and that actually in this uh, up is down, left is right world that we live in now, Trump was actually claiming that no, actually Russia didn't collude to help me. Ukraine colluded to help Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. And so he sends his personal attorney, Giuliani, over there to go and find out, find this server, find the server, the crowd strike thing that's in the transcript. That's what he's referring to. He's saying, I think Ukraine actually helped Hillary lose, I guess. Uh, and so that was that's part one. Part two is, hey, I'm also running a campaign right now and really have been <laughs> rally by rally oh, since I got yeah. in here. As all presidents are. As all presidents are. Uh, and my number one uh, opponent is this guy, Joe Biden. And, you know, we all, we all know uh, Uncle Joe. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uncle Joe uh, may or may not have uh, had a family member who was... Uh, I don't know. Would you would you say corrupt? Uh, well, it depends I, on. I listen. I will say yes, blatantly <laughs> so. Yeah. But I think within the within the realm of Washington's, you know, indictable level of corruption, explicit rule breaking. No. Below that threshold. Definitely below. It seems yeah. to be explicit below that threshold. It's it's but around the, the Elaine Chow, Mitch McConnell style corruption. Yeah. Like where that, it's, like it's, that lane. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just like right in it's your like, face. This is obviously bad. Yeah. Obviously wrong. Yeah. Everybody knows it. It just depends on which way your political leanings go. How do you interpret this? Yeah, if you're a Democrat, <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, yeah, Hunter legal. Biden's fine. It's legal. legal. Yeah, you he's know, just... he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he's and just. And then if you're a Republican, you're like, yes, yes, so yeah. that sort of situation. Biden, Biden, of course, was involved as vice president, and he went on stage. I mean, that's the real thing. Yeah. But Biden just kind of like, he goes on stage at a you know conference after the fact and goes, yeah, I went to, I went to Ukraine and I basically said. Unless you get rid of the attorney general, you're not getting your money. Incredible foreshadowing. As this is Obama, This is during the Obama presidency. Do we give money to Ukraine to defend themselves from the Russian aggression? And and you, and we're saying, well, if we're going to give you money, you've got to get rid of this corrupt attorney general because we want to see best practices about law. Law and right. or, you know, we want to see you country country make progress. So Uncle Joe goes to Ukraine and muscles them up and has them fire this attorney. The only issue there. That's all good foreign policy reasonably. Sure. That's, like, that's like good, you know, like conditionalizing the aid we give to it. That's normal. In fact, it could be, you could say it's an exemplary policy by Obama there. Only issue is that uh, this is why you don't put your son on the <laughs> board of a Ukrainian gas company that is and then try to some sort of, it's definitely sketchy and definitely, you know, it's Ukraine, so all the oligarchs, all the companies there are kind of sketchy, like intertwined with the state. And it just gets really weird because the attorney general maybe at one point had looked into this company, but maybe it wasn't anymore. 
Nobody really knows the details. Yeah. So Anyways, this attorney general got kicked out. And now, now from a distance, you could say, oh, this looks a little sketchy. Yeah. And that's what Trump's saying. He's, he's, and he's slamming it. Yeah. He's slamming it. And so I just want to clarify on that, on that point because it is, it is really interesting. So let's go back to that Obama era where Obama has appointed uh, Yovanovitch, Marie Yovanovitch, who to is be uh, the, to be the ambassador to Ukraine. And one of the, the, the qualities of Marie Yovanovitch is that she is a uh, career diplomat, career State Department official, served under the Bush administration as well. She was in Somalia. She was also at Ukraine before. She's back at Ukraine now. And Obama gets her in there and says, I want you to like root out the corruption from to to the extent that you can as an ambassador to this country. I want you to work with the Ukrainian government, right, and try to get rid of these corrupt people and because that is American policy. And that's American policy. You know, we want Ukraine to be a strong ally. They're they're part of NATO, and we want them to. They're not part of, NATO. Not part of NATO, but we want them to at least. We, I mean, there was some question about. Yeah, I mean, all right, sorry, that's that's off subject, but. There was some question about getting them into NATO, and that was during the Crimea annexation and shit, right? And that yeah. might have been well, part of, I don't know. Anyway, we get into the whole Ukraine. Yeah, thing. let's not get into the whole That's history of Ukraine. Well, we could, we could, but maybe we'll save it. Yeah, so the point is Ukraine is a really corrupt ex-Soviet state, right? And has been an- part of it was just taken by Russia, right? <laughs> Explicitly, the- and another part of it was kind of like... Implicitly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they've got all these holdovers from, as as you see in these these former Soviet bloc countries, where hey, look, a bunch of oligarchs are, are controlling the country and enriching themselves, and, and we're trying to maybe Europe Europeanize uh, Ukraine a bit Westernized. more, Westernize Ukraine a bit more. So as part of that, we've got a new ambassador there who's trying to help them deal with corruption, and. So she starts doing that. She starts working with the Ukrainian government. She starts getting rid of some of the corrupt people. The Ukrainian government starts getting rid of some of the corrupt people. One of those was the Attorney General Sai just mentioned. And who yeah, I think I think I think a key point is that not only did we want to get rid of this attorney general because we thought he was doing uh, at best an effective job, at worst complicit yeah. in the corruption. Yeah. Um, but not only did we, but I think it was it was documented, you know, displeasure and, you know, other European countries, France Britain, Germany, the head of stake in Ukraine, also were fed up with this person, yeah. with this attorney general. So it wasn't just Obama or Biden saying, "I got to get rid of this guy." Yeah, and all it, a lot of a lot of our counterparties and you know stakeholders all agreed that this guy needed to go. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and we did, we muscled we did. him out, muscled him out, we, and, we and Joe American Biden and got our way. And we had Joe Biden bragging about it on tape, and then you know, so during the course of this, though, it was it did come out, hey. Uh, this guy who uh, we just we just sort of pushed out of as the from the Ukrainian Justice Department or whatever they call it over there, um, just so happens he he had an open case on uh, Burisma, this Ukrainian national gas company, and oh look who's on the board of that company? Ooh. Oh, Hunter Biden. Oh, Ooh, that's a problem. And wait, and Hunter Biden has absolutely grand total of zero experience in gas, zero experience in Ukraine. God, you know, alone speaks you know speaks any language relevant to that area of the world. You know, Russian, Ukrainian, anything. Uh, so, what is he doing on that board? I'm making what was it a hundred thousand dollars a month? I think it. Yeah, I think it was oh, yeah, fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand a month. Like, oh God, my brain. Fifty thousand dollars a month. Fifty thousand dollars a month. To just sit on the board. Now, that's when we get to that. It's like that's very soft corruption. Like, there's absolutely no way that you could get that position. I Even though you're infinitely more qualified, quite frankly, you probably know, you know, thousand times yeah, more about the gas world, the world of foreign, you know, like than than this than Hunter Biden does. But Hunter Biden's Joe Biden's son, that's why he's on there. Let me just put a pin. Quite in frankly, that. yeah. Let me just put a pin in that. There's like some statistics that I wish we had access to. They're just impossible to like get. But like, for instance, in what what I just brought up, 
I would love to know if it, if it were possible somehow, which it's not, but I would love to know. Give me a list of all human beings on the planet more qualified to sit on the Burisma board than Joe, than, than Hunter Biden. Because there is a number. There's an actual objective number of people who are more qualified. And I would say that list we'll is tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Tens of thousands of people more qualified. Young, old, like you different know, countries. Yeah, like yeah. there's just anyway, that's just so clearly not qualified. He's taking in money. He's clearly you know, leaning into this corrupt history of Ukraine. And so the, the Obama era Justice Department, when they, excuse me, not the Justice Department, the State Department, when they were made aware of this, that, hey, we're trying to root out corruption, and ooh, look, there was this investigation into Burisma by the corrupt guy, and ooh, look, uh, Hunter Biden's on the board. Oh, the Obama administration's official position became, uh, we want you to reopen that investigation. We want you to go after Burisma. We want you to continue looking at Burisma and make sure that there's no issue here because this is a clear, uh, tr like apparent conflict of interest. And yeah. there's a ton of documentation from the White House, from the State Department at the time that, that is highlighting this, which is saying like, hey, you know, we were just trying to do our job and along the way we ran into the vice president's son who just happens to be sitting in this, <laughs> on this board. And uh, that raised some concerns to everyone, all the same concerns that you're seeing right now with the Giuliani foreign policy. And so just as what's happening now with Trump, which we'll get to, uh, in that at that time, every bureaucrat, every lifelong diplomat is writing, hey, this is a little fishy, this is a little weird, this looks like a conflict of interest, we should note this. And Obama, being the responsible politician he was, or at least the White House's official position was, you're right, this does look like a conflict of interest, so let's just continue the investigation. Um, so that's sort of where we were. We kicked a bunch of people out. They ended up not uh, you know, concluding that there was any, any real issue with Burisma, and they ended up closing the case there. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, all that aside, all that aside, uh, forward. zoom forward to the Trump years. Trump is now, you know, convinced that Ukraine has damaging information on Hillary from the 2016 election. And he's also convinced that Ukraine has damaging information on Hunter Biden and the corruption there and uh, with with this whole Burisma thing. And so rather than work through the State Department, uh, Trump decides, you know, I want to grab some I, I want to grab all the information in Ukraine to help uh, my re-election, right? As part of my opposition research, I'm gonna grab all that Biden stuff and I'm gonna just leverage that to help me eat, you know, smear Biden and thereby you know, smear the front runner, the Democratic front runner, and help my chances of, of succeeding. I'm gonna send my trusty right-hand man to go do it who's never put his foot in his mouth once. Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And so the ironic thing is, the, the real, the irony of ironies is Rudy Giuliani promptly went to Ukraine and hired the corrupt Ukrainian officials that the Obama administration helped root out of the Ukrainian government. So Giuliani hired these people. Again, remember, Giuliani is not a member of our government. Giuliani is the president's personal attorney. Remember, his previous, his, his last personal attorney is currently in prison, right? So. His, his first per personal attorney is currently in prison for campaign finance, so he sends his second personal attorney to Ukraine to do some shady shit. And what ends up happening, uh, well, they, they first have to force out the upstanding, you know, Maria Yovanovitch, who is there from the Obama years and was doing her job, so they push her out. Uh, they then start uh, talking with, the, engaging with the new Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, 
and trying to get him on board with this whole this whole thing. And then then you get the transcript, you get the or the fake transcript, you get the the summary of the call where you get Trump saying to the president of Ukraine, "I want you to look into Biden." Meanwhile, he has taken aid, military aid that was bipartisan, you know, agreed from both uh, Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. to go to Ukraine, allocated for Ukrainian defense against Russian, further Russian annexation. You got Russia on the border. The U.S. Senate and House is saying, here's some money to protect you from Russia. And some missiles. And, and some missiles, javelin missiles and all that. And Trump says, no, 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 we're not going to give that to them yet. We're going to hold that back and until I get confirmation that Vladimir Zelensky is going to investigate uh, my, my political opponent. Yeah. And he says it on the call. He, so a couple of things to, to highlight here. And hence the quid pro quo. That's the quid pro quo. So the, the first thing, it's, it's illegal. It's a federal crime to ask a foreign uh, party, a foreign leader uh, especially, but it really anyone, a foreign national, for help with your election. So is it, that true, though? It is. Like, yeah. You can't have, like, so it's like, so it's like my, like I'm running for president, and like my friend Danny, who's is, British, is Mexican. Yeah, Mexican. Yeah, he's Mexican. Yeah. Can he help me? Can he? Can I? Can I? Can he work with me on my campaign? You can't ask him for help. No. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, even if he's like, even if he's a in the country legally, like he's here. Like, a legal resident. Yeah, he's a legal resident. He works at you know company XYZ on his estate job, and I also want him to help me with my. Like, whatever. We don't know this. We don't know the details, but I, I, it certainly yeah. seems reasonable to think that. I, I could pull up the exact statute because it is it is interesting, but effect. Let's, let's, yeah, we don't need to get. We're not, yeah. we're not law experts, so let's not. Predict. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so it is. It it is. Uh, my understanding is it's, it's it's illegal to accept anything of value from a foreign national for help in in a, a domestic election. Yeah. Right. It's not to say Danny can't help you in other things. Of course, you you yeah. can't. You can give him a job or something. You know, but you can't. You, you can't, can't have him. More, yeah. Some some distinction of foreign assistance. Yeah, and and there's there's good reason to have a rule like that in place. You know, you can. I cannot imagine the Fox News coverage. If you have Bernie going to Venezuela or Bernie going to China and saying, "Hey, uh, do you mind helping me? Uh, do you, can you just leak all of the conversations you guys have had with Trump? Right? Can you just help me? Because I think that would make Trump look bad. So I would love a hey, uh, China. Do you mind just like helping me get elected? You know, you're socialist. I'm socialist. Right? Like it's the same thing. Right? Can you imagine the Fox News coverage if yeah, you had yeah, Bernie, like arming the Chinese state against Donald Trump to help him win the? A, the Democratic primary, then B, the general election. Like, it's just, it's insane. You don't, you, that's not how governments work. It's a democracy. It's supposed to be well, art. that's how a lot of governments work. So. <laughs> it's, that's yeah, actually it's how all governments work. Yeah, it's a lot of how a lot of fucked up countries operate. <coughs> Ideally, us being a city on a hill, Yeah. Uh, we, we hope that that's not the way. Yeah, you, and you don't want it, at least on the books. Yeah. You want that to be, you you, that. yeah, you try to eliminate that. So that's A, you can't, he can't accept anything. He can't accept or ask for anything of value from a foreign national on the call, he asks him to look into his campaign opponent. Yeah, now of so, course, the spin there, yeah. you know, to be fair, the spin is, just like Obama, here I am as Trump, and we also want to get rid of corruption. And you know, yeah, that's the continue spin. the Obama policy of, 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 uh, of making the, the weapons and the aid predicating that on the advancement of corruption it's, uh, investigation it's a whatever. fun yes so that's and that's just Obama did it and I'm doing the same thing and it just it just so happens that Hunter Biden's involved in corruption in Ukraine so it's perfectly reasonable for us to predicate our you know aid on conditionalize our aid on investigation of all corruption including Hunter Biden so that's the spin that's the spin and, 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 and of course the fine line is the fact that he's 
you know, he calls out specifically Hunter Biden. And not calls, a single corrupt Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, calls out specifically the CrowdStrike Hillary server. Hillary, yeah. you know, conspiracy server. So, I mean, I think the fact... It just so happens that the only corruption that Trump wants to er eradicate in are, Ukraine are is, political are, is, is the corruption from his political opponents. Not only that, he hasn't listed one other corrupt Ukrainian official that or he would like to... Indicates any other interest and in anything else. In yeah. fact, he went so far as to say... I think we should bring back that old corrupt Ukrainian yeah. attorney, attorney general. I think we, and he then went on and hired all the corrupt people that we had already rooted out through his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Now, interestingly, two of those uh, two Ukrainian Americans who Rudy Giuliani had hired, and were uh, over there in Ukraine operating as our shadow State Department, uh, you know, getting that oppo researched. First of all, Giuliani did this very transparently. Giuliani's been telling people for the last year that why he's over there in, in, in Ukraine, saying that he's going after the Hillary thing, going after the Biden thing. It was never a big deal until you had Trump on the, on the line. Using the power of the office. Yeah, exactly. Of the presidency as, as leverage. It's one thing if you have your campaign. You know, some, no, I mean, I'm yeah. Sure, but, I guess. But, yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like the presidency as an institution is involved in it. Well, yeah, we're using the White House to keep the person in the White House in power. And I think this is what what initially led to the whistleblower, right? So the whistleblower was like, hey, this is, this is, a, little, this is a little fucked up. We got uh, the, the president's official policy is I'm not going to protect your country from Russia unless you help me win my election by giving me opposition, opposition research yeah. to, on, on my political opponent. Well, now, I think that's the real, I think- That's the quid pro quo plus, so you have the- the abuse the, of the high, you know, yeah. the high crimes. You know, I think that's, you know, when you think about treason, it, not treason, Impeachment, you have to think about high crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. So, like, forget all, because it's not criminal investigation. Yeah. Impeachment is not a criminal proceeding, it's a, it's a political proceeding, and, and the, the standard is high crimes and misdemeanors, meaning, and that's subjective, of course. And I think the, I think that the abuse of the, the power of the presidency yeah. is, is just so. Um, we either have a president or we have a king. Yeah. Really, that's well, what it's. I, 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 I mean, I think that's, I would characterize that. As, uh, maybe a, it's a spectrum. A I'm just saying it's a spectrum, and like the, the we have institutions in place to keep us closer to the president side of the spectrum and further from the yeah. absolute monarch side. And I'd say we're pretty close. We're, well, we're less pretty from, less from absolute monarch and more like kind of like 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 um, you know forever president. Yeah, right? yeah, like, whatever you know, president she is. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like you know, or Chavez, or some of these guys yeah. who just like you know, it's like oh, I won fair and square, and like and it just ninety nine percent. Well, I won. I won by fifty. Whatever, I didn't win. He got forty nine percent, but he won the electoral college. He won fair and square, and now what's weird? All my uh, political opponents just keep, you know, ending up in jail. Yeah, you know that's kind of how a lot of these places, like you know, er Erdogan in Turkey. You know, it's like Putin. Oh, yeah, but you know, it's like well, it's Putin like, just it's kills like, him. Well, you know, but they, that's how a lot of these. It's not like so on the you know that path towards point. that like that, you know, the f United States as we we like to conceive of it towards like a, a, a cursed future for the United States is like it's not like stark. I'm a king. It's it's very like it's yeah. like that shady sure. like oh like oh it's weird like my number one candidate that's how Chavez did it. He always got yeah. rid of like like you, all the opposition unites around this guy and all of a sudden he's in jail. It's like ooh ooh yeah sucks. Gonna, better luck next time, guys. Meanwhile, I'll lose yeah. the next election. Yeah, you know, so it's like that kind of sh and that's what we I think that's where you it takes the, the op you know the opposition and the institutions to push back and this is where they're pushing back. And this is on the line here saying. The office of the presidency cannot be used to further political ends. Now, of course, I mean, I think, you know, it's like complicated, right? Because 
Right. Every decision the pop president does, they do political calculus, right? Like, right. what's good for me politically? What's good for the Democratic? You know, like, yeah. I'm going to pass this bill because it's going to make us do better politically. Right? If I pass this bill, it's going to be a big win for me politically. And so it's like political calculus is inevitable in every decision. But I get, you know, like, I guess it changes when you say, okay, I'm now using the executive branch to further, like, to further... You know, right, like consolidate power and yeah, like, to like I guess I guess especially like target the opposition. I think yeah, that's that's, really, that's like a really it's it's different to be like you know uh, I'm using the State Department. You know, like, I'm gonna give away I'm gonna give away uh, a tax break to yeah. the middle class or to specifically a tax break that's structured in such a way that such that Pennsylvania, yeah. Michigan, and right. swing states end up. You know, I didn't do the math on that necessarily. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But just oh look, all yeah, the swing state good. voters are getting a benefit, and now I'm going to get, get reelected. Like, we 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 okay that, and I think yeah, I think that's fine. That's like the way that, you know that's the way politics works. Yeah, it's a little bit different when you say. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, Elizabeth Warren lied about her Native American heritage, <laughs> so now she's in prison. Sorry. Yeah, we'll you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's you a know, different type of of uh, I don't know political. I think, you know, targeting, I think, is really you know when that. that it, it, yeah, so that's like the gross sort of vibe around this. But then there's also yeah, there's like actual laws on the books that were violated, and I think there's a lot of of really telling stuff here. You know. So let's well, I, well, okay. Let's get to. Okay. The update. This is that's the that's the rundown of how did we end up here? Yeah. Okay, now the question is finally, finally the House voted. Yeah. Pelosi led the vote and said, Okay, ten obstruction of justice that wasn't enough. Wasn't enough, wasn't enough. Finally she got the House together and said, We're opening a formal impeachment inquiry inquiry. Yep. We, the House voted to proceed. Of course there was a you know, a split yeah, on uh, partisan vote, or whatever. Yeah. Democrats have the majority, so they they have a formal impeachment inquiry now now taking place. We've got hearings. It's televised, twenty four seven, baby. Tweets are raining in. Yeah. Hot takes left and right. Yeah. President's slamming the tweets. Everybody's going left and right. CNN's loving it. Ratings are through the roof. Who do we? So like, what's happened? Right? Like that's what I'm curious about. Like you follow the you're following like the hearings and the and the testimonies. And I yeah. Think, and I think as far as like taking this from political outrage of the day to the president's getting impeached is is how how concrete are the and interlocking are the series of testimonies such that there's no such that the reduction of room to wiggle you know to spin, right, right exactly and that's, what, and that's yeah. what that's what this testimony has to do i'm not following it closely enough but i'm curious what you think about like how the testimonies have gone so far so i think the testimonies you know i mean again it's a democratic party controlled process right so they they were doing all of these testimonies behind closed doors and so the first republican talking point or defense was yeah, hey exactly. this is all happening behind closed doors this and we is, have no yeah. access into this this is corrupt. Now, you know this is this is corrupt not that other yeah this is it's messed up like we can't we can't show the public what we want there it's unjust the president's not there we have no idea why these what these well we have no access now ironically um, <laughs> on a couple points first there were Republicans in all of the closed doors hearings. Secondly, the this, re- was pre the this was pre the formal vote. Pre formal vote, but they had already said we're going to go ahead with impeachment, and we don't need a formal vote. That's just sort of a tradition that last two impeachments have had. So but, Pelosi, Pelosi neutered that that whole like kind of like oh it's all secret, it's all unjust. She neutered that because it's now it's now out in the open. It's now we're out doing in the open. Publicly televised. Yeah. And publicly televised impeachment proceedings, so it's like it's out there. Yeah, and the just a quick point on this closed door hearings. The only reason the Democrats were allowed to have closed door hearings is because John Boehner, with a Republican controlled Congress, passed those 
pass that house, uh, those house rules uh, during the Benghazi hearings. Oh, and so that, that, allowed that allows for closed door hearings. So it was a bit because of Benghazi, I love that. because of Benghazi, uh, Democrats were allowed to conduct these closed door hearings using rules that Republicans had decided upon. Yeah. And then Republic, those same Republicans have the, the balls to get angry about it. But that's fine. That's, course, their, that's, that's they got to do their thing. That's a normal way to come. Any, yeah. any of the house, you know. Yeah. So that was, that was thing number one. Nancy Pelosi ruled that out. Now we're having public hearings. Now I think what you'll, what you're hearing from Republicans uh, What's there just been now? Yeah, that's it. So it's it's tough. Yovanovitch testified. I think that's the big thing. She Yovanovitch testified. So she, she was not. So the thing with Yovanovitch is uh, none of the Republicans wanted to demonize her. That was their plan going in because she's a very sympathetic witness. This is a woman who worked in our State Department for decades, decades, doing a fantastic job. She's consummate, consummate professional. Yeah. And service to the country. Yeah, and I, I think you see the same thing with uh, Bill Taylor, who went up uh, a few days earlier. It's again, you have these guys, or, and you know, men and women who have decades of experience, nonpartisan. They just love. They just they're wonks, yeah, right? I mean, she they're, served they're on the, you know, she served on the Bush, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure like there's some crazy lefties out there that probably would indict her based on her <laughs> service to the Bush, you know, war crimes. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Which is fine, whatever. The no. point being, like these people are just professionals, and I think that. They are the what make the government work day to day. Yeah, and I think it's it's really telling from from the uh, the you know both of their testimony that what happened in Ukraine was not usual was not was not this is a this yeah. is this is not business as usual this is not some oh we want to get Trump this is not like uh, you know. Uh, something that happens all the time where, yeah, of course, you go and you ask the president, you, you condition military aid based on the, the foreign leader's ability to, or willingness to help you win re-election. That's never happened before in the history of our oh, country, right, yeah, yeah. right? So, like, they, they are all raising what red flags. So you had the whistleblower come out and say this was happening. Trump's obsessed with the whistleblower. That's the first Republican talking point is, where is the whistleblower? Why isn't the whistleblower taking the stand. We want to know their identity. We want the Trump should be able to face his accuser, accuser, etc. Now, a couple things on that. One, this is, as I said, this is not a criminal proceeding. You don't get to face your accuser. Secondly, the whistleblower is like, effectively, it's like if I look out my window and I see someone's apartment get broken into and I call 911, right? And then the police come, they arrest the guy. There's a bunch of witnesses on the ground, the, the homeowner, the person who sold the guy, the, the gun, etc. They all go to court. They the bank robber or the, the robber or whoever was committing the crime does not get to see or meet the person who called 911. And, I'm, I'm, and honestly, whether you had a personal vendetta against that burglar, like... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like, maybe that burglar, like, stole your girlfriend. Yeah. You know, and you had a personal vendetta, so you were watching him. Sure. Like, yeah. Waiting for him to make a mistake, and, then, and that's when you nailed him. Yeah, and then like, I saw him commit a crime. Regardless of your motive. Yeah. That, you know, and maybe that's, okay, that's really... Trevor, you know, why would you do that to the bird? You're out to get this guy. Yeah, that's yeah. so messed up. But the, he, he still robbed the bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He <laughs> and, robbed and the bank. And we got the, a guy on video. So, like, that, that, that crime exists in this little hypothetical. And I think that's what makes Yovanovitch is out in person, in public. It doesn't matter who the whistleblower is. It you doesn't. We've got Yovanovitch yeah. going. We have real witnesses we've now. Got, we've got, yeah. We got, yeah. So the and, then, and yeah. they're stacking up. And they're stacking up. And that's, and that's the fun thing is that every, the Republican defense started on where's the whistleblower now. And they're still saying that. But I think that's sort of dying down because. Now they have to grapple with real testimony from real career diplomats, and that's so the whistleblower is sort of second thing. So the the, the next thing was, um, well, you know, he ended up uh, releasing the aid, 
right? So this is, all, oh, the next piece of Republican. Yeah, spin. the next Republican spin was, oh well, you know, Trump, you know, who knows what he said, but like ultimately, like the aid did get released. The eventually. aid did get released, and Zelensky did not uh, open up the open up the investigation into the Biden. So there's no crime here. Uh, again, we'll use the, the bank bank robbing is better than robbing a home, but let's use the bank robbing analogy. That's you know that's equivalent to just saying like, you know, yo, you tried to rob the bank. It turns out there was no money there. There's no money there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's fine, right? Yeah, it's fine. Which yeah. you know, it's literally the the Simpson defense. The, the, <laughs> that's what that's what people were calling it from like sideshow Bob on the Simpsons saying like. What do you mean attempted murder? You don't get a, a, a Nobel Prize for attempted experiments, right? Like, what, uh, attempted murder is bullshit. Like, yeah. you know, attempted, attempted uh, quid pro quo, attempted extortion yeah. is, is nonsense, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, what are you, so that, I think that argument's not gonna hold water. I, I think that, I do think that, yeah, it's and, and now I think what, what, what we're getting down to now is, uh, well, a couple of things. Um, is there anyone, I just want to ask you, Sai, is there anyone who really thinks that this guy is innocent? Because I know we're talking well, about no, messaging well, so, and shit. So, so you know, it's not about innocence. It's about, it's not that someone's like, he's innocent. I think what it is is like, I think if speaking from my, you know, my yeah. reading of the, of the right, um, and I think it's more like the sense that this is uh, the, the establishment, the blob, uh-huh. You know the the foreign policy establishment, the intelligence community establishment, deep state, the deep state, quote unquote. I mean that's like a kind of a meme now, but this idea that there's this this like big chunk of people that exist who have interest, which Trump is uh, conceivably like rejecting, um, and that these people are out to get them, and they and and not only did they they tried once already with the Mueller thing, but Trump was innocent then, and now they're trying again with with this thing. And that really, this is just a complete um, conspiracy to basically delegitimize him as a president. I think that's the sensation that the you know and, like, at least like the the base is feeling. And so the trouble there is that um, there's a lot of people in prison. Yeah, there's well, six people in prison well, right yeah, now. Let's just stay focused on on the on the on the Ukraine thing. I think the trouble is that um, there's not. It happened. It's out there. Everybody knows it. And I don't Trump think anybody's transcript. Yeah, no one is like no one can argue what happened didn't happen. Yeah. It's only the sense that like this is like all a conspiracy by the establishment and, and in fact this is business as normal. And it's just the establishment. And that's what they're it. trying to do. So they're trying they're to trying establish. to make it sound like, you know, all these guy all these testimony, Ivanovich, all these all yeah. these the, the, all these people are um, coming out and they're taking down Trump because of their, their political agendas. Um, and in fact Trump didn't, you know, what Trump did was actually one of, you know, one of the mill. I, I think that's like yeah. the spin, and I, I think it just loses legitimacy as these public hearings stack up, and as you get more and more of these like career inter- diplomats, career yeah. interlocking diplomats coming out and saying, as the and, blob comes forward, because the the blob, you know, I bet if you if you looked at the, you know, I mean, I lived in D.C. for a time, and I know people who work as either federal contractors or for some of the various departments. You know, most of our government is contract work, but if you get into D.C. You know, if you live in D.C., you know that D.C. is 96% Repub- or Democrat, votes Democrat, very, very blue. Uh, Northern Virginia, where all those government workers work, all the department people, a lot of, is still very, very blue. So the and deep the state... And the exist, it's Rhino, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rhino being Republican in name only, for those who aren't in the know. Yeah. Rhino, right? Yeah, and so all the, all the people, all the career people in D.C., they essentially, they have a vested interest 
in keeping things the way they are, keeping their jobs, keeping the departments running as they are. And, and honestly, there's a, there's a good critique of it. There's yeah, a good, there's, there's a honest, honest like a left-wing critique of these people, and, the, and there's a right-wing critique of it that is maybe a little bit nastier just because it kind of has this weird, like, ethno-nationalist thing going on. But it's honestly still legit. Like, there's yeah. still a, you know, it's a lot of problems. Have, we talk about foreign yeah. policy a lot of times. We talk about, like, it's not like the intelligence community is, like, this upstanding, nope. uh, you know, I beacon of, like, perfection. Yep. God knows, you know, hello, two words, Iraq war. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's not that these people are perfect and the institutions are perfect, but I think in this situation, um, it's just like, that's sort of, uh, that's a beside the point, you yeah. know, it's like you can, I can, I'm happy to acknowledge that, uh, you know, the, the deep state that has become more of a meme, but I, I think it's a real problem. I think it's a real problem that you have, uh, you know, the amount of, I think it's a problem that the amount of people who are leaking, uh, on Trump, is, that's, that's. You know, it's concerning. It's concerning, and I, I think that there is a vested interest in some of these intelligence communities and some of these established government. I think there's a, a real unwillingness to accept uh, a Donald Trump president, presidency, and I think that's for two reasons. One, he's just shit on everything they've ever done yeah. and everything that's ever been done before him. So he has a bit of a personal vendetta. There's a personal – there's, there's the sort of intelligent uh, or uh, intellectual approach of like – this man literally has no conception of he's foreign a, policy, domestic nation. policy. He, yeah, he's a risk to the nation. He doesn't understand how our government works, and he's coming in here shitting on us, telling us we're the problem. And he doesn't even he doesn't know he couldn't point to Ukraine on a map. You know, <laughs> he's sending his again. He's sending his personal attorney to conduct State Department stuff, which is something that came up in the Yovanovitch testimony. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. Tip, of course, presidents have the ability to set their own foreign policy. They do that through the State Department. They don't send their personal attorney out there with some hired corrupt thugs to, to go execute on some foreign policy. So there's a bunch of that stuff. So I think the deep state aside, and I, think, I do think the deep state is you know, out, so that, out to get him, is, is fair. So like, I, I think I that's think, fine. And because there is like some, some level of truth in that claim, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what tethers the base to their conviction that this is all... That there's that because, because of that because that, that, that is honestly a true critique. It's a true critique that and like so the, because there's that like veneer like that like base level of like truth there, it it is, it makes it possible for these people to say, you know, and this this big contingent of voters, right? Big contingent of voters to say, all of this is, you know, is just a function of that. Exactly, and, 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 and that's hides and, it masks the actual crimes and, and illegal get, activity. You have to get into the, the details and really like remove that fact away and say, okay, like, let's just go play by play here and say, I don't care about anything else. Let me just see what Trump said. Yeah. And you know, forget what anybody else did. Yeah. What did Trump himself do of his own accord, of his own free will? Yeah. What did he say on the phone? What did he tell his officials to do? What are the things that Trump did? Not, you know, you know, cause that, because that's, that's not, the deep state didn't make him do anything. Exactly. And well, that's, he, what, the, and that's yeah. what, like, I think, I think. That's why he's going we, down now. And exactly because because he actually did something. That's the thing. It's like so yeah, that's where I and I, and I encourage um, Adam Schiff. If you're listening, I know you. I know you really value my opinion. Please focus on what Trump said and did, rather than like oh like you know like rather than complicating it and trying to create this like like bringing in like these people are just testifying to what Trump said and did and let and let his actions speak for themselves. Because he'll bring it out on his own ship. You yeah. know, he, he will put his foot in his mouth. He does it every day to day on Twitter. Well, and he did it. He did it like two days ago with uh, Yovanovitch. And that was the, I actually think, you know, I hate Adam Schiff. You know, I don't have to say, I don't have to 
that's not a surprise. I, mean, I just look at him as any other, uh, you know, feckless, uh, un- ineffectual, po- you know, career politician who's ego. not e- ego, all that shit. So, and I, I think you know he's struggled to re- considerably in the messaging of this impeachment thing up until the public hearings. Yeah. And I think he has actually done a really good job in the public hearings. And he, particularly with the Yovanovitch one. You know, I think she's a very sympathetic witness, and dur- the Republicans were all, every time they were questioning her, every single Republican would lead with, first of all, thank you so much for your service to this country. We think you're great. We think you're blah, blah, Which blah. Which is incredible. Yeah. That, that's, and that's, I mean, I think that's an important... And, yeah. And so that was the Republican strategy going in was, hey, this is a person who was fired before any of the corruption went down. She really shouldn't be testifying, but let's not try to demonize her yeah. because she's a career... Dem- and so... While they're in the middle of this, Trump then lobs a grenade from the White House. Trump, the White House's official policy has been, this is just an aside, their official policy has been Trump is not watching any of the impeachment proceedings. Meanwhile, he's been live tweeting every (laughs) single day. And it's just, whatever. So while this impeachment, while this Yovanovitch testimony is going on, Trump starts tweeting at her. While she's literally on the stand, the President of the United States starts tweeting at her saying, uh, she did such a bad job. She's she did a bad job in Somalia. She did a bad job in Ukraine, and that's why she had to go. This is basic. So Schiff stops the trial. Stops. Excuse me. Stops the uh, in interview. The invest the, the the questioning to actually read his tweet to the into the congressional record and ask Marie Ivanovich to respond in real time. You can just see the Republican lawmakers. You can see their, their crestfallen expressions as they understand what's unfolding before them. They're sitting there trying to be the nice guys, trying to be like, yeah, you're great, but like, you know, maybe it's not impeachable and you don't really know what happened, but we really thank you. And then this guy comes in and being like, no, she sucks. She's done a bad job. You don't listen to what she says and blah, blah, blah. This is the same guy. Calling her out by name. I mean, I think calling her out by name. Know, and, and she says something like, I think she should understand like, this is intimate. Like, yeah. For anybody, no matter who you are, when you're in front of Congress testifying and the president uses their podium, the bully pulpit, you know, the president famously has the bully pulpit. Meaning yeah. Like they have the biggest microphone. Everybody, whatever they say, everybody picks it up. It's every media source is listening. And you use your pulpit to target one person, like personally, who's testifying. Testifying like, against you. Testifying against you, that's... that's no matter who, what kind of steel your bones are made out of, that's... Yeah, and that's mob behavior. That's mob boss behavior. I mean, do you remember he literally said in, I think it was in the transcript, that some things are going to happen to her? Yeah. He I said that to, the, the, to Vladimir Zelensky. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, like... Oh, yeah, some things are going to happen. He's yeah. like, some bad things are going to happen to her. I don't think he said some bad things. Not bad things. He's like, some, some, some things, things are going to happen yeah, to her. Yeah, I think it was something like that, which is, like... Which is, weird. again, it's just like, why are we threatening career diplomats? <laughs> why are we talking like a, the fucking godfather? I don't... Yeah, I don't like, yeah, yeah totally. this, And so, you know, this is where... It's all fine and good when you're t- dealing with Trump versus Biden. And they want to talk like that. They want, you know, that, that's just like the empty political rhetoric and posturing. It's when you start targeting like individual American citizens. We're just like, just go. She's job. just day go. Day this day. is like going to. She's going to going to work. Yeah. She's going to work, and she's doing a really good. You know. Whatever. Yeah, she's doing her job. job. Yeah. Can you? I can't even. I would if the. Uh, if President it, it, Trump it, just it, called out, hey, sorry. I would also be like, here, Trevor. Trevor works in a multinational company. Verita, uh, what's Verisk? Verisk, right? It'd be like uh, the earnings call, Q4 earnings call. Yeah. The CEO of this, I don't know, 10,000 employees, billion dollar revenue company, of which 
are, your company is only a tiny level, let alone tiny. your product, let alone your job. You know, infinitesimal. If, the, if that guy calls out and goes, honestly, the reason our earnings are down, Trevor Safko working in the New York office is doing a terrible job, always has, and really it's all on him. You would be like... I would cry. You I, would, I would literally cry. Like, I, I don't know what it would You know, like, that's basically what's going on, you know? Like, yeah. it'd be like the CEO of Jeff Bezos on the earning call for Amazon calls out, like, Joe Schmo employee and says that's yeah. it's his fault. It's like... The, the power disparity here is just so... It's really gross. It's really it's really gross. And, okay, and okay. Let's turn it. Okay. So that was all... Q structure. What are, we, what are we waiting for? What's up next? What's on the queue? Is it just more, more... So, I mean, yeah. So effectively, they're bringing out the... They're bringing out all the fact witnesses. They're saying this is what... How policy was conducted before. These are all of the facts, the actual facts around Various the Ukrainian State Department officials. State Depart yeah, they're coming out. Yovanovitch Taylor, uh, you know, I think the interesting one is Sondland, uh, Gordon Sondland. So he was the EU ambassador. Uh, he gave Trump $10 million, I think actually $1 million to elect him. And this and is like, you know, donated as a U.S. doesn't donate to his election campaign, donated to his election campaign. Trump like won. That. He did a bunch of dinners with him. And then he was eventually named ambassador to the EU. So, so he's a Trump appointee. This Trump appointee. Trump, like, you know, you know, yeah. arguably loyalist, you know. Yeah. And he and he was. And so this guy went on. I don't know if you, if you saw those text messages that were released. Uh, you know, we had Taylor, who has already done his public hearing. Bill Taylor saying in a text message. Bill Taylor, a state state government state department like he's got like the most annoying title it's like director of ukrainian affairs for the state department it's yeah. like are you an ambassador no i'm not an ambassador yeah, he's like what are you it. i'm a liaison the director is, a state department official so state Taylor. department official is like he's actually tweeting or uh, excuse me texting back and forth with yeah. sondland saying i think it is absolutely insane that we are conditioning our foreign aid on this political investigate on the investigation of political and then Sondland implies that's not what's happening. We're simply investigating corruption and conditionalizing it on corruption. Yeah, so that's like, you know, spinning. Like, well, he waited six hours and then he said, "Bill, I think you're mistaken." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and he like got the party line. And he's like shoving it down. Bill's, Bill's. And he's and the best part was twice. Twice Bill Taylor texted him. I think this is really crazy and fucked up. And twice Sondland texted back, "Everything's fine. Call me. Don't text about this." And so Sondland was a Trump backer. He would and a. He testified in a closed door hearing that, uh, you know, that Trump had uh, that he didn't know anything about the quid pro quo. He later came out because he started seeing which way the, the, the wind was blowing. And he later came out and said, OK, you know what? Trump told me to, to write that to Taylor. Trump told me he dictated so, like, that message. That, is he going to be testifying? Sondland is probably going to be testifying. But the even the, the funnier thing is that now. Uh, Sondland, uh, people. So now one of the other Republican talking points is this is all hearsay, right? So like, this is all hearsay. Like that, like, that's the kind of thing. Like we need, we need Trump said this to me. So we need that that sort of testimony. And that's about that's way. about to come because. So like, and also from a loyalist, from a Trump loyalist, for for a Trump loyalist to be like, to like not take the fifth and not like protect Trump and just say honestly, I'm over this. Trump told me to do this. And and they're building like, up to that. That's yeah. that domino that we need. And they're building up to that, you know, as each each official comes out and makes their case, the Republicans have no witnesses they've called, no fact witnesses to the, the story. They haven't, they, because there's no facts that support the, the case. All Republicans can really do is say either A, this isn't a big deal, 
or B, this is, you know, this person's a democratic hack and this is all partisan. Yeah. They can't actually say, they, they have no facts to present that Trump didn't commit a crime. Yeah. They're just trying to petty fog their way through this. Yeah, and every, yeah, obfuscate. Every single witness that comes forward and, and adds additional clarity makes that job, that messaging job, harder. Uh, so where is this going? Well, another, uh, ironically, two, two other State Department people have, have come out and said they were willing to testify. And one of the reasons this guy was like, you know, I thought that most of the other people were covering all the stuff I said. Um, but then I, I saw the Republicans were saying on the test of, were, uh, on the congressional floor that this is all hearsay. And so I decided, you know, well, I'm a primary source, so I'll come forward and show that it's not hearsay. Yeah. And so now the Republican defense is actually leading to more people being like, oh, you, you want to say this is hearsay? I was actually at a lunch with Gordon Sondland talking to Trump on, the cell, on his cell. Yeah. And this is the real big one that's going to come out next week is and this they, new guy. Who, I mean, that's like kind of – that, that guy testifies and then like that corner is Sondland. So now Sondland can either lie yeah. or take the fit or, or spill the beans. Well, and, and Sondland's like, already started, I think, cracking. And exactly. he's already so – yeah. Giuliani's two associates have been indicted and one of them has already agreed yeah. to – he threw away Trump's lawyer and he's taken on a new lawyer and he's yeah. going to start agree working with the Democrats. Trump, Giuliani has two different uh, criminal investigations going on right now by the Trump Justice Department. Into, into, Giuliani. into Giuliani. Giuliani is because, you know what, the, the, and this is, I don't have enough facts on this, I haven't read enough about it, I just saw a headline, but Giuliani is apparently was trying to get some of that sweet Ukrainian natural, ga natural gas money too. So it's like the full 1984 yeah. where we're going after Biden for corruption on yeah. natural gas and then using that, that investigation in order to line my well, pockets. You show up and you're like, oh wait, the game's kind of good here. Yeah, it's actually, hey Biden, you know. Yeah, you know a month, that was really yeah. good. Hey, Biden's an asshole, but also. Listen, this is how about this, Hunter? I won't have the president who Trump had me instruct to investigate you. I won't have him investigate you if you also come to the board. Yeah. That's speculative. Take that back, because that's hairsay. Yeah. I'm making it up now. But, you so, know. Yeah, it's going to keep rolling out. So the, the additional credible people are going to keep going out. They're all going to say their tiny little sliver of the full picture. And it's on Democrats and, to and, stitch that picture together, clearly and concisely, for yeah. the American people to understand. And, and where does this go? Well, testimony, testimony, boom, boom, boom. Layer, you know, keep going. Hopefully this, like, you know, case kind of builds, I guess, is what you can describe it as. And then there's a vote. There's a vote. A formal yeah. impeachment vote in which the House is done, the hearings are done in the House, and they vote, we're sending this to the Senate. And I think that's, I think that's gonna be huge. When it, if, I mean, I'll, I obviously, it seems like a pretty high chance of it happening, but you know, I'll say it for now because it hasn't happened yet. If and when Pelosi pulls, pulls, pulls the trigger on that. Because we've seen Pelosi, she's like, you know. Finger, little gun shy, yeah. Finger in the wind, she's reading in a political wind, and I don't necessarily think, think of Pelosi as, Courageous principled politician. No matter what anybody says, sorry, it's yeah. just yeah. She's <laughs> she says yeah. insider corrupted. They they come. No me. offense to her. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we'll see how she manages to corral the party and like advance this. And I'm curious, you know, timing starts to get interesting because now we're we're, com we're coming into the to the presidential election cycle. Yeah. And like, what does the timing look like? Because after the House passes it, he's been impeached, and the next phase is for the Senate. The Senate then tries him in the sense that the Senate says, okay, these are the crimes that this, the House has said he's committed, and it's the Senate that tries him and could conceivably remove him from office. Um, until then, he's, you know, we're I'm fascinated Absolutely. by what the Senate will do. And so I really think if the House, if they can do this well enough such that they get even two, three, four Republican votes. Yeah. 
you know, if they can only, if they can just like, if it's even the tiniest veneer of bipartisanship on this, yeah, it's game over. Yeah. Um, and so that's for me. That's really because the Republicans own the Senate. You know, and if they if they stonewall it there, it's stonewall there, and whatever. Maybe he still loses the election, and we all forget about it. Whatever. You, you know, you know how you really get that, in my opinion. And I don't know if Democrats are going to go down this road, but the two things. Uh, one is, well, no, I think simply one. You need to get some of the heavy hitters up there on the stand. You need to get people. You need to get Trump appointees, like yeah, you're saying. And you need Trump. Like, and there are two. I, there are two that come to mind for me. One is Rex Tillerson, yeah. who was the State Department, the head of the State Department, Secretary of State, uh, for years, or I think a year and a half. Probably was, oversaw at least some of this. Oversaw know, some of this, or can at least testify to some, some of, of Trump's like behavior in this in this space. Yeah, uh, and who is also on record, or not on record, excuse me, but came out, you know, that he's he's quoted as saying Trump is a fucking moron. Uh, so, and, and Rex Tillerson also has nothing to gain yeah. by pleasing Trump. He's a millionaire CEO of Exxon. He doesn't care. A billionaire. Billionaire. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care about. You know, he's just. He doesn't let people talk to him that way. Yeah. He didn't become CEO of Exxon so that Donald Trump reality TV show could tell him. Scumbag Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. So anyway, so Rex Tillerson's fearless, and just we'll see if that happens. Second, Although I will call out Trevor here. Yeah. Your valorization of. Tillerson is fantastic. I, I always, like I like Tillerson, but I think when he first got appointed, he was the devil incarnate to most of the. Not time. me. I. Okay. I and you know I what? Said I don't have you on record. That's why we have the podcast. Now. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you. You know, I've I've said. I, <laughs> I know when he first got. Everybody was like, "This is an outrage." The young Turks hated it. They were yeah. like, "Oh, this is he's just going to do it to enrich his pockets." Yeah, enrich his pockets. You know, climate change is just you know, whatever, blah, 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 which is like okay, fine, but like. I think it's funny. I, I like I, I can hold these two separate thoughts in my brain that a Exxon as a company is horrific for our climate and I, for you uh, know. I'll go on record saying I love oil, <laughs> and I know Trevor does too. He want to say, but I do love, and by extension, therefore I love oil. If I love oil, I by extension love oil companies, and by extension, I love all their employees. There you guys. go. Yeah. So, so well, I I'd say with Rex Tillerson, my my. I do have think there's a big problem with the blob as we were talking about it, and I think the way to solve that problem is not yeah. is to bring outsiders. And you know what? Is there anyone who's going to be better at, at dealing with like foreign policy and like shady scumbag like despots in random countries than X, the CEO of Exxon, who he, has to he negotiate eats those guys for lunch? Yeah, he has he, to. He, he muscles them up left and right. Yeah, yeah to negotiate these pipelines and yeah. deep sea drilling projects <laughs> so with like, these corrupt that, I, governments. I, yeah, I, I thought he was a good hire. Yeah, he's going to go down to like you know some of these countries and just completely steamroll. Yeah, because he sees through that shit and yeah. he's worked with there and, and like on the ground and he in a meaningful. Way. Yeah. Like yeah. Exxon's yeah. built stuff in these countries yeah. and built partnerships with a lot of these countries and governments. So he like yeah. knows how to get shit done. It was a shame that he got cut loose because I thought he was actually pretty. Yeah, pretty I thought sad. he was a good pick. I don't know if he did a good job necessarily, but I thought well, he was a good pick. You know, and you know, it's tough to work. And then, uh, yeah, tough to work when your boss is a raging psychopath. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's he's one, and then the other one, and the crucial one is John Bolton, the evil incarnate. If you're a if you're a Democrat, but uh, it, or, or anti-war, I should As say. As Trump famously said. There's not a war that Bolton isn't. What do you mean? What Trump said? Trump said, you can't find a war that that Bolton doesn't love or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Trump brought Bolton on strangely. Uh, just it seems like just to be a strong man for him, or just to be the bad cop. So 
that Trump could go to these world leaders and you know and be like, well, you can either deal with me or you can deal with Bolton, and you know Bolton's going to invade the shit out of your country. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, I, which is kind of like it's kind I, of cool I love move. it. I love Trump like thinking like, oh, this one's going to get in bad cop, and then I'll play good cop. Yeah, because Trump literally has all, all of his like negotiation and deal making and like tips and st- tricks are from straight out of like eighties. Yeah, eighties. Like, just like yeah, it's like mob muscling up. That's yeah. All he does. yeah. So for better or worse, Bolton was there, and Bolton does you know is like a serious you know lifer uh, in the Republican Party. Institutional. Institutional neocon like voice and perspective well respected and well hated by the left and well respected by the right etc. And you know he went in there and also is famously uh, he he said uh, is quoted as saying I don't want any part of this fucking drug deal. Referring to Giuliani in Ukraine. Because he's like listen he's serious about getting his wars going right? Yeah. He is. He's He's like, I don't have time to investigate. I'm trying to get shit going here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, no, this is a crime. And Trump burned the bridge with him, and like, I'm sure, like, there is bad blood. And you know how Trump is? He's mean, and he's like, he probably said idiotic shit to him, and like, talked shit about him, and like, you know, I can see Bolton being like, yeah, having that like personal willingness to do it. Yeah, because again, he's like, I've served under four administrations. Yeah. You think you think I give a fuck about like your your tweets? No, he is going to want to get into Nikki Haley 2020 campaign, so. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's what I see. If Democrats can get a few of these yeah, like heavy I, hitters totally. on the stand and they're just like willing to throw their stuff out there, I think it's a wrap. And then if it goes to the Senate, you're right. I I'm but, fascinated with the Senate because yeah. cuz they will have to I mean, just to talk about it for a moment cuz it's, it's easy to be like, okay, it's a Republican majority. It's Mitch McConnell. They're not going to do anything. They Mi- have to vote on it. Man, Mitch has said we're going to vote on Mitch it. Mitch has said they're going to vote on it. And so what is, what is going to be the Republican strategy? Now, obviously, that pr- that's predicated on how precise can the Democrats be. In, in, like, in, it, yeah. you know, and what is the vote that sends it to the Senate? If it's, by, if it's, it's party lines, okay. But if it's like I it said, it will be party lines. I think on well, the Democrat out of the House. Uh, but yeah, what I'm saying, if, but like you said, if we get Bolton and a few other Republican like Ooh. appointees rolling and like indicting Trump with their testimony, I can see a few Republican House members flipping. I can maybe, see that happen. Maybe I think I think that's I'm, I see the House is more of like a Trump base. Yeah. Because they're just like they're in there two years and they yeah. know like I gotta just suck up to Trump and like. Well, also I think but I think like they also that means more savvy to the win. You know, and they also have like yeah. they represent smaller districts, right? So like, if your district is a little bit more purple, yeah, like I don't know, deep deep South District X isn't gonna flip a vote, you know, vote with the Dems, right. but like so some of these more, you know, these these more purple, uh, you yeah. know, purple like Republican districts, upstate New York or yeah, you know, Minneapolis, like, totally suburb or something. Like if they're reading the political women, that's how they're voting. Like these big testimony could push them. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be interested to see. I, I wouldn't expect any House Republican House members to go, but yeah, if a few okay. of those go, then I think it will be compelling. But I'm really interested in the Senate because the Senate, they have to. It's like right now, it's it's all about spin, right? So Repu- the Democrats are bringing up their witnesses, they're laying out their fact patterns, and Republicans are trying to spin it. It's going to get voted on. Some articles are going to go to the the Senate in all likelihood, and from there, it's not about like spin anymore. It's about Okay, here's the evidence that the House presented and us, the, and here are the here's the law, and here's what Trump did. And what maybe like one of the single biggest votes in the history of the United States Senate. Yeah. Two hundred fifty years, whatever how long it's been, like t- top five biggest votes in the history of the United States Senate. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. About to hit. Yeah. It, to impeach, to remove someone that never happened before. Never happened before, and I um, and, and I so, yeah. So and it's like, and there's some there's some like ideological purists up there that have that um. 
you know, in the Senate in a way that they're not like they're like heavyweights in the Senate, right? Know, so like, I'm thinking like Ben Sass, for example. He's like this Republican, but he's like a constitutional guy. Yeah, yeah. He hates Trump, but he's had the grin and bear it. Uh, he's a guy who like believes in the republic, you know, classic conservative federalist republic, you know, like yeah. the, the republic. He believes in the republic. Yeah. Um, and so it's, there's a couple votes like that that where I could see them like being like, I can't, I have to vote according to you know. Who believe honestly? I, I I honestly do believe they believe that they're they're there to defend the Constitution. They the should. I mean, yeah, yeah. And um, and it's those few votes that can move it. And all of a sudden, you get one, two, and then boom. Yeah, I, and so the the two things that are going to be interesting to me because now you're, instead of Democrats having complete control over the process, Republicans will have complete control over this trial, right? Now they do have certain things they have to stick by. They're going to have to obviously present all the facts that were gathered by the House. They're going to obviously have to say. Here's the crime, the letter of the law, and here's what Trump's actions are according to the, the research and investigation yeah. done by the House. Now it's up to them to all, say. I mean, and it will all be out there. Right? It'll because all it, be out there, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't really know what's, how this proceeds because, like, are we just going to redo all the testimony again? Like, I can't imagine. They'll probably bring some people in yeah. for clarification. They'll probably try to spin. But it's all going to be out there. It's all going to be out there. And, like, ultimately, yeah, at that stage, will there. I, I think the only way that he gets actually removed from office, which, I mean, I don't know what I, I will run out of whatever building I'm in screaming and laughing if that happens. Cause, I mean, I don't, know if, I don't think I'll but, be laughing because I think it'll be a... A sad day for the, the country? Yeah. I think it's a kind of a victorious day. Now, now maybe that's a political or partisan well, I thing. Like I just think it's rooting out uh, someone who committed a crime and having bipartisan no, I just think it's, I house think and sad. I, I, maybe I, I would just be, like, nervous. I think what I, my feeling is, yes, yeah. this is a victory for, you know, justice, I guess, in some sense, but... Uh, you have, you get President Pence. He's going to steer the shit. Yeah, I'm just just, just nervous. I yeah, I, 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 I appreciate I, that. I, divisive. Yeah. And, you know... Is I, it though? And it wouldn't be. That's the kind of beautiful thing here, because in order for it to be divisive, you'd have to have Democrat Senate, Democrat House. Now you've got a full, like, yeah, Civil yeah, War type yeah. shit. But if, but the, if, the, Republican if, the, if a Republican him. Senate removes him, that's like a nice... Call, like, oh, that's like the country almost coming together yeah, that's and true. being like, you know what? This guy was so bad yeah. that we put pa our partisanship aside and got him out of office. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think what you might see, the only way I see that happening would be if you have a Sass or a Romney or someone in the Senate who says, you know what? I am going to put my finger in the wind. And I know even if we don't eliminate him from the Senate, that he's not got enough he's not got enough political clout anymore to win the general or at least I don't think he's going to so I'm going to hitch my I'm going to, to hitch my wagon to the other side of history and so no matter how my colleagues vote I'm going to be the one Republican that people talk about who was out there in the testimony leading the charge saying this guy is not a Republican this guy is not a president and yeah. I don't think he belongs here and I think there's a place there's a, a need for a Republican a Republican to fill that role. And I can't be Romney, sorry. Romney's so, he's spineless and he's useless. I'm sorry. You think so? To like actual, because when we're I talking, mean, I, love, I, always I liked think Romney. that. I always liked Romney, but, um, you know, I like whatever. He's the type, he's got he the just, ego I to do that. He's got the ego, he's got the pretension, but I don't think he has the, I, well, he, he might do it, sure, but I don't think You don't it think is, it'll mean anything. I don't think it'll like, be as meaningful as it would be to be like, you know, somebody, one of these Republicans who's like, you know, been way more... McCain would have been good for this. Dude, oh my god, may he rip in peace. 
McCain would have been awesome to have in the Senate. Jeez. McCain would have, would have would have taken this one home. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe the, you know someone will rise to the occasion, and it'll be a, a watershed moment in American politics. Well, or which, not. Or not. Which transitions us to our next topic. How are we how are we doing for time? I think that was probably a little bit less organized than we would have liked, but you know we're still working on it. Oh my god, that was an hour. Yeah, it was an hour. Jeez, we, we, that was good. Yeah, we can just wrap it up. Well, I want to transition briefly to Democrats. Talk Democrat. Let's talk. Let's talk election politics. Okay. We just talked, you know, American whatever. Like, okay, whatever. You know, whatever. The whole the White House. Let's talk. Let's talk election politics specifically. The Democrats. Shit's been kind of quiet. You it's know? been quiet because of the, the, the impeachment's got. So I got three headlines that I want to talk about. Okay. And what is? And what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you and interpret them. One. Um, well, I guess two kind of headlines. Two points. One is that uh, two new enter, enters entries into the race. Uh, or conce- I'm not sure if it's official or not, but uh, Bloomberg. Oh yeah. And Deval Patrick, also former governor of. of uh, Massachusetts, yeah. Democratic governor of Massachusetts, Deval yeah. Patrick, African American guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know anything about Deval Patrick. I just saw that headline. I well, do. I have lots of takes on Bloomberg. Of course, of course. Okay. So that's at data point one. We can read. What does this mean? What does this mean? And two is uh, a headline I saw last night, which is a new poll coming out of Iowa that places Mister Mayor Pete. Yeah. At the head of the pack, yeah, I saw that. Commandingly so. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so maybe he—I forget what the percentages are—but he's commandingly in the lead since the last poll. Over the last maybe it's like a three-week change, three maybe a month change. Commandingly in the first place. Uh, maybe, maybe commanding is a little too strong, but definitively outside the margin of error in the first place in Iowa, and then those the three Biden, Warren, uh, Bernie. Kind of, I think maybe like at twenty. Like, let's say he's at twenty-five percent, Biden, Warren. Bernie got like fifteen percent, so it's like this in clear, dis- yeah, clear distinction. Iowa, and so what does that mean about the race? Well, so, and then what's the well, generally though? Those what, are my two. Those are my two kind of like election politics. Can I, I guess the third point we can talk about is the results of the elections we just saw take place. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple races that we could comment. So on. let's start there, just because I think that's relevant to the impeachment stuff. So Trump's been doing these these rallies, these you know, as he's wont to do, and I, I you know. Everybody does rallies. Everyone does rallies. They're cool. They're fine. You know, rally your base. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's cool. Get your message out. It's a bully pulpit. The thing is, I think Trump, you know, Trump is nothing if not brand conscious. And his brand is winning, right? His brand brand is winning, gold, like, I'm the best, and that's it. And so anything that tarnishes that brand is pretty devastating to him. I think the first wave of elections, I think the sweep of the House, Senate, and governorship of Virginia going from red to blue – was pretty bad for him. I think the governor uh, of Kentucky turning, going, going, the governorship going to a Democrat. I don't Kentucky. for the first time in like fifty years, sixty. Well, it was a long no, time. No, no, no. There was well, a, go- a Democratic governor in there for a long time. You can, uh, yeah. you can maybe fact check yeah. me on that. I'll fact check you. Yeah, but whatever. I, I so whatever. That, the, the thing is, po- Kentucky is, I think, generic, generally speaking, I think it's a generally red. It's state. It's Mitch McConnell state. Yeah, it's as red as so, it, it's as red as you get. So it's, and a, it's a big win for Democrats. It's a big di- and world. especially because Trump called out the that governorship by name and went there and held a rally for this Republican candidate and lost. So then, fast forward a week or two. Yeah. Mid impeachment stuff, right? You would like, you would think, right? If you're taking the pulse of the nation, that if the public, if the American public is not in favor 
of impeachment and thinks that this is a democratic or deep state sham, yeah. Yeah. that you would expect some electoral blowback, particularly in red states that have a strong Trump base. In, in Kentucky, you had the opposite. You had a Democrat win. And in Louisiana, this just happened yesterday, the Louisiana governor, the incumbent, was a Democrat. Now, he's a very conservative, uh, socially conservative Democrat. Yeah. But again, you had Trump go down there and for the, he, he had three rallies for the Louisiana yeah. Louisiana election, including one the day before the election, and he just spent all day tweeting, if not tweeting about how he's innocent on the impeachment front, he was tweeting about go out and vote. He literally said at his rally, "They're gonna kill me if you don't if you don't win. Yeah. Like we gotta do this. You have to do this for me, and you have to do this for you because yeah. I'm gonna go down if they don't win. And guess what? They didn't win. Democrats won. That's a good point. So I think I that's. Mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not I, saying that means. I've read, I've read the you know you know the, the people who are savvy about this stuff and follow closely. Divided they, primary and stuff. They, they've and, said stuff like that, and that yeah. really uh, in Kentucky the the Republican guy was just a terrible candidate. You know he was the yeah. incumbent, but he was just like he did a bad job. He did a really bad job. Yeah, he and like, he like was, attacked teachers. Yeah, and defensively, like, but, you know, yeah. so it's like. So maybe don't read too much into of it. Course. Of course, but that's but, we're but, in the meat. We're in the messaging world. Yeah, right? we're in the messaging world, which I think in that sense, like the Trump brand of winning, all of a sudden that's, that's two big losses in a row. Two big losses in a row during this impeachment thing, and yeah, you'd it's ex- like, all of a sudden yeah. that's like that's that political wind shifting. And, you know, and, like, and in Louisiana, that's the deep. That's the deep. Now, this guy was incumbent, so they're clearly Democrats yeah. can win, and he's by no means. He ain't no AOC, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so yeah. this is like old school Democratic Southern guy. Democrat, yeah. But I, but I, I love, because I love a Big Ten. I love a Big Ten Democratic Party. I also love the idea of that, you know. Oh, you could like, have a pro-choice Democrat go, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I just or like pro, the idea pro-life of, Democrat, like, you know, I should say. Of, you know. Yeah. Of whatever. What, well, yeah, the, not well, having not a monolithic. Left, right, like you can have the Democratic Party that could be, could be controlled by, for example, Institutional, more conservative parts of the Democratic Party. Whatever. The point is, there's diversity in the party, and I like. And that's that. cool. Yeah, and um, I and I. So, but anyway, and because if you want to, if you want to win in Alabama or Louisiana, you you know, yeah. AOC is not going to cut it. You know, Bernie's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, Bernie might. Bernie might, but AOC. Yeah, no, Bernie's not going to cut it. But whatever. Talk to is, the Democrat. Right. You can run as a Democrat there and win. If yeah. you if you align your interests with those of the voters more generally, so I like that. Yeah. Um, and the leaves are moving. I like that. I like that a lot. So now, next point. Entering to the race of two new Democratic nominees. Yeah. What does that say? Well, I think I, I don't want. Yeah. yeah. Well, you tell me what you think. I mean, like. I'm like, like I, I can't. I don't know how anybody joins these races. Like, who are these people? Why do they think they can win? Like. Yeah. What is, does Bloomberg think he's going to win? Well, I know why Bloomberg thinks he can win because he's a billionaire. He's th- yeah, he's a billionaire, and all the billionaires have been whispering to him, "Yo, we, we, we yeah." We, Bezos was. I heard. Yeah, and I Tom Steyer isn't good enough. <laughs> The other billionaire in the race. Oh, uh, you mean the third billionaire, the second billionaire? Because Schultz, you forgot about Schultz, Starbucks CEO. Oh yeah, and he dropped out of the way. So we had, this third, yeah, third time's a charm here for Bloomberg too, because he's run, he's done this before. Yeah, I mean, I think the bill. Like, what does that say? Like, I, I think, I think you have a real like what what what's what's happening in the Democratic primary or in the party generally is you you have like this this rise of populism, just like you had on the right, right, with Trump. And uh, you could say the Tea Party before that, right? And so the Democratic institution and the DNC and the Nancy Pelosi's and the, the NYT and Washington Post yeah. and CNN, like they're all trying to grapple with this rise in populism. And what they can't seem to uh, really understand is that people don't really like billionaires right now. People <laughs> don't really like millionaires right now on the left or the right. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like CNN is like, 
oh, you know, AOC and, and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, they're, talk, they're talking about raising taxes on the billionaires and then giving people health care. This is insane. Who wants this? And literally every single person in the audience is like, uh, I'm, I'm fine with taking billionaire money and giving yeah. me free health care. So it's just like, yeah, it's crazy to the millionaires. The the yeah, there's a big dissonance between the public and then the media and the DNC and the establishment. And I think they're trying. So I see this. Well, I think that's, that's, that's Bloomberg. That's, that's Bloomberg. And I think that's also, though, there's a desperation for the status, you know, business as usual candidate. They want that business as usual candidate that they normally have. Remember, it was Bernie versus business as usual Hillary, yeah. right? And in this race, that was supposed to be Biden, but that man just—he, just, I mean, too old. I'm sorry. If you even old. if you even if you somehow could take out the oh strip away the Hunter Biden yeah. shit that's going on in the impeachment show, even and, if you could and do then that, you rewind eight years and like just like maybe like. Let him gain some of his fucking lucidity because he's clearly he's aged. clearly yeah, and that that age is like made you know like, made a like, difference in, in sort of how his ideas come across. Um, even if you did that, I and, just and even if you forgive all of his tr- historically inability to win elections, right? He's run for president multiple times and he's always failed to do it. So he's the only candidate who voted for Iraq. Yeah, for invading he's Iraq. Out of touch with the Democratic it's party. just like he is not the guy. So, so that means you have a lot of wealth and you have a lot of, of just sort of inertia in like how the healthcare system is supposed yeah. to work, how the tax structure is supposed to work, how yeah. you know capital what's, what's, gains what's taxes are supposed to work. Acceptable. Yeah, policy. yeah. You're what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to say, all right, you know what, we're going to bump the capital gains tax up by half a percent, but then we're going to lower the housing tax by about a percent, and then we're going to do, but mostly just keep things the same and yeah. maybe like change stuff on the margins. What you have in the Democratic election and the Democratic primary is the number two, the number one in number two candidates. I think because we talked about Iowa as Pete, yeah. but I think nationally, nationally definitely. you're looking at you're looking at Bernie, you're looking at Warren, and then you got Biden. But I think and Biden's, I think may still be the one. Whatever the point is, I think Biden. he's dropping pretty hard, and I I think everyone is again putting their their finger up in the air, and feeling the wind, and, and that's been, that's indicative. Uh, one of the, the other statistics out there is that how much cash on hand, money that they have in their war ch- war chest. Yeah, and you know, the Warren and Biden, uh, Warren and uh, Bernie campaigns have. 20s, 30s, yeah. millions, like that ballpark cash. Yeah. In, sure. And it's I all mean, small dollar donations. Yeah, I guess. And uh, Biden only has like 8 million. And because million, he, he got a huge boost at the top from his wealthy but no donors, like, but no one's, one's no one's excited about Bernie. Who's going to give their money to Who Biden wants candidate? to see a four-year Biden presidency? Yeah. And so I think what what you have is now uh, there's desperation sinking in from, I think, the establishment. And then people look at him and go, like, hey, well, well, so-and-so flamed out. You know, like, like Beto flamed out. Like, some of these other guys are flaming out, and like I just think there's no, that there's a, a huge sentiment from the the elite or whoever you want to call them the, of like yeah, the the, yeah. the the operators, the institutional whatever yeah whatever you yeah. want to call those people. I think that they cannot fathom a world in which either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren gets elected and then passes some billionaire tax or or I, does I, a I universal health care or does as the elite and the and the millionaires and the billionaires the billionaires and the billionaires. Which I think that that's true. I think also there's like a I don't think they're like back together. off the millionaires and the billionaires and just say okay, some of these like institutional party members who I think their concern is, uh, I think their concern that Warren might not like Warren and, B- and Bernie are too left. Like yeah. there's this concern that like, hey, Trump's a weak candidate. He's a historically weak candidate. 
all we need to do is run it straight down the middle of the line. Yeah, that worked keep, really well last time. Keep it, keep it, keep that it. That worked really yeah. well last yeah, time. Which is the, that's the funny thing. It's yeah, like, of course. It's like, because they already tried this. We saw the, this played yeah. out. So I think that, we saw, I think the, we saw the down the middle. Like, Deval Patrick is like thinking, like, I think Deval Patrick, I don't know his history that well, but my, my read on him is that he's, he probably is like, you know, uh, Obama. Like in terms of his like political centerings, right? Yeah. Which is you know definitely left, definitely liberal, I should say, but definitely not like institutional. Radical. Yeah, not radical. Not radical. Just like, and has no interest in any sort of radical. Just we need to do the things we've done well better. And increment, uh, you know, increment yeah, progress. Which you know, whatever. That's that's his pitch. And I think that's sort of why there's some people probably saying there's a lane for you. There's I think you're gonna keep seeing these candidates pop up. I think it, I I I think because it's the money and the operators and you know the institutional people are yeah are I think. Pe- there's well, a, there's like the consumer. Like, I don't think it's like the money's. I don't think the millionaires and the billionaires are worried that Warren's. I think they're worried that she's gonna lose. I don't think so. I think that they're just. Well, I think that's they probably two things. One, they think because it's so. They think a lot of her stuff is so crazy and so radical and so left. There's no way she can win. Because yeah. Out of touch with what's what. What's the exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. And I think that they don't really have a good. I think there's a real disconnect between. And I'm. Uh, you know, the owners of capital. All right, and the and the labor, uh, whatever you want to call it, you don't have to look at it on Marxist structure. But like, you know, I'm not saying there's no cabal of millionaires, there's no cabal of billionaires. Yeah, I'm just saying that the people who are high up in companies in New York, the people who are, you know, you know, not not, not even C-suite, go down a few rungs, right? Go down your VPs, of, go down your your those those millionaires. There's a lot of millionaires out there. There's a lot of millionaires, and they're, and they're all. And they and they and they vote left, liberal. And they vote they, liberal, and and there's and a lot of five hundred thousand dollar heirs, right? Yeah. Or like, and they, people, and they and they are like they're like, but they finance a lot of their campaigns. And so. they and they typically, I think, get to set like the tone, yeah. if, if, for the, lack of a better word, of, the range of, of acceptable like yeah. policy yeah. and ideas. And and I think they want, you know, they're doing really well for themselves. Uh, one way or another, they're comfortable. They're not. That's not saying they're like sitting on piles of gold. There are the Bezoses, but I'm and just they're so, they're also. I feel like they're also comfortable with like, hey, like they're comfortable with the rate of progress. Yeah, they're like, like you, you know, know like, what? I'm fine. Like, okay, we want to raise the minimum wage a little year, bit. Another eight years of like Obama esque policy. Like, we can make progress, and they, and they feel like that's, that's the type of progress they want. And I think and that, they feel like that's appropriate and good enough. I think that's a much smaller. That's a much smaller piece of the pie yeah. than the electorate, right? And sure. the electorate. That's well, a. That, and that's I I'll just say is like, I think that's your reading of it. That's my reading of it. And that's and yeah. It, and and that, that reading versus the other reading is, that's what it comes down to. I, you know, because if, if if you're right, then whatever. And if you're wrong, yeah. If you're if you're, if they're right, you know, and that the electorate's actually more conservative or, or more middle than than you than you think. It's not. See, that's a, even that framing is. I think. Uh, I think the framing is. I do. Is, I think, for example, what, what, one thing I would say is like for example healthcare. Right. right, that's the huge right. issue in the Democratic primary so far. And are we going to abolish private insurance yeah. for Medicare for all? I think that's a huge like yeah. this, this distills this issue. And um, it's a good, both, it's a good issue. It's like, and it's a good issue. Healthcare is a huge issue. It's a and, huge and issue. The, and the policy divide like basically illuminates what we're talking about here, which is like Warren, Warren and uh, Bernie. So I'll I can say Warren at Al. <laughs> Warren at Al. <laughs> basically, these folks are like we're going to abolish private insurance. Yeah. Medicare for all. This is the best policy, and we've got people that are on board with it. And like, my poll number is, and it pulls whatever, whatever. And and that's what they think. And I think there's a lot of people going. Wait a second. There's a big chunk of people who are not, who, well, maybe will still vote for you, but like on the margin, like they would prefer 
private insurance through their employer that they, you know, yeah, lawyer, well, lawyer, I, I mean, that's just a big change. That's a huge change. It's a huge to, change. It's a huge change. Know, I, I, I think the number of, the, the number of, um, think about the number of people just on that point. The there. number of Democratic uh, voters on private insurance, right? Yeah. Like some Everyone. tens of millions, right? Yeah. Ten, you know, tens and tens and yeah. tens of millions. Some huge percentage of the of the Democratic electorate is is on, on private insurance. Most most are. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and so you're telling every single one of these people that your insurance is gone, which is great because everybody hates insurance companies. Everybody hates it. No one really probably very few people are like that content with their insurance. But and and we're gonna replace it with uh, uh, Medicare. Is it Medicare for all? Just free healthcare. Which, which is basically free yeah. healthcare. Oh, it's some sort of like it's sort of still yeah. It's just free healthcare. You well, just it's not go free to the healthcare. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's free Medicare. in the sense that you free, pay you yeah. pay taxes. It's but just like your, so it's just like your fire department and, and is free. And it's going to be and it's going to be much better. Um, so all I'm saying is, I of that huge pile of voters, there's some that are like, yeah, I completely agree. But there's uh, no matter what, there's at least one. And, I, and my argument would be that this is a bigger chunk of the electorate than you might believe that are like just a little skeptical. The the, yeah, that, like, you know, the that government can, can do things better at a high level. At a, at a high level. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I and think, our, and our, I mean, I think it's fair to be concerned, even if, even if you still pull the trigger and vote for Warren, fine. It's like, fair to be concerned. It's fair to be like, this is. Is this something we want to hand off to the government? I and, understand. And I think, and finally, there's also this kind of like, um, you know, you great, you win and get elected. We got to pass it. You know, we still have to pass it. Right, yeah, and of course. That's that, a whole that, other that side. Yeah. practical, what can right. get done? Exactly. But I don't um, think, that's the thing is, I don't, I don't think that, I, I think that's fine. To, we can pocket that second piece and put that aside for now because whether it gets done or not, people are voting on what they sort of want. Well, I think a lot of people vote and say like, I, I think people like, maybe not say, they, won't, they, won't, they don't know the, the layout of the Senate, maybe, maybe not, and like, but like, they're kind of attuned to like practicality. They value that kind of like, you know. Yeah, you know, like that practicality rhetoric. But and because like, they don't like, understand, it's on the it's on the candidate to message whether something's practical or not, and that's just more of a totally. messaging I mean, issue. I, well, I, which, which I think so. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go to the third point, which uh, is P P W people who judge. Yeah, in Iowa, Medicare for those who want it. I, yeah, basically, it's <laughs> that's like, his it's policy, big, which is like still a big change. Basically, yeah. anybody and anybody who wants this wants this government whatever run kind of mechanism. Get it, which it's a more pragmatic approach, and I think, it's, it's to a, rolling yeah, out healthcare. And, and so that's just kind of like, and it's a more pragmatic approach. And, and I think, um, whatever this it's, is, so this just he's he's trying to split that split that difference. Yeah, he is. And I think, and that's and he's consistently like use language to kind of like give off that aura of like roll up your sleeves and get get something done that's practical, you know. And like, yeah. and like let's not be he he says stuff like uh, he says stuff like. You know, you're my way or the highway. He, he describes both Bernie and Warren as my way or the highway. Yeah. It's not going to get it done. We're not going to. That's not what we need. You know. So he kind of gives off that. His rhetoric exudes that kind of practicality, which is what I'm talking about. And I think I think there's some. There's, I think there's some. I think voters are going to find that attractive. Some voters will. I think um, so. And, and, and it's 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 a really interesting. I mean, just on the healthcare point, because I you know I agree that the debate is on whether uh, you know. There's the practicality of it, but the, it's it's are people willing to give up their private insurance? Now, if you're a, uh, in, within a union and your union negotiated and, and fought and for a specific great. private health plan, and a lot I of don't union know. Healthcare plans are really nice. A lot of them are nice. And I can speak to it. My father's on a union healthcare plan, <laughs> and he's like a right wing conservative, has been his whole life, and he's just found himself on a union plan for the first time his whole life, and he's having a serious 
okay, wait a minute. Uh, this, <laughs> this collective bargaining thing <laughs> is uh, kind of working out for me. Yeah. But now, you know, I, yeah, I give him credit. If you talk to him about it, he, he'll give you, he'll teach you a lot about how unions work that you might, you might say, wait a second, that's kind of fucked up. Sure. But, um, maybe, but, but anyways, the well, point well, is, well, uh, no, I mean, the, the, the union plans are nice. The union plans might be nice. The world is not, I mean, the unions aren't armored and everything. A lot of union plans are not nice. You could talk to teachers and ask them about their health insurance. You know, and I think fundamentally, one of the, the real challenges in this country, and it's very unique, right, is the fact that, like, if you quit your job, you suddenly cannot go to the doctor. You suddenly don't have health care. You can't go to the doctor. Yeah. You don't have health care. Yeah, yeah. The right? And the, the, fact, the fact that, like, you cannot switch, like, if you, uh, if you leave your employment, you have to worry about getting sick or you have to worry, like, you could be bankrupted. Most of the bankruptcy in this country happens from the medical system. Um, and the fact of the, the fact is that like people do not love their private insurance. They like their doctor and they want the, they want the care they want and they have no problem paying taxes into a pool. Rich people pay more, poor people pay less and we all get a fire department, right? No one's arguing that like that's something the government handles. Now local governments tend to do that and then there's, you know, whatever, but that's police is another example where like, you know, we have these common goods like security fire yeah, prevention, sure. right? Yeah. That like people want to just pay money into and then just not have to worry about it. I don't want to have to worry about like whether I have enough money to avoid to to pay for my firefighter to come and put my house out. Totally. And that's effectively the situation we're in on the healthcare side, where if cool. you quit your job, you have to worry whether you have enough money to pay for your surgery or whether you're just going to risk it or and a lot of people just die broke. So I think that is I'm of the opinion and this is where, you know, we can disagree. We, we kind of shift from analysis to yeah, and so there, a lot of this is on messaging, you know, and Bernie will say that, like, hey, the Koch brothers funded this study to prove that my plan was too expensive and it cost $2 trillion. What they failed to mention was the fact that private insurance cost $2.1 trillion, so my plan's actually cheaper, right? If you take away all the money that goes into the, this is from a, a right-wing Heritage Foundation uh, study, uh, like, if, if you take away all the money that flows into the private healthcare system and you flowed that money into the the Medicare and just, or Bernie's plan, I should say, if if he could get it passed, yeah. right, it would effectively be more affordable to provide the same. So you buy? You think Bernie's rhetoric, rhetoric is just right on the needle? No, no. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying that there's, there's, it's, ways, there's ways a messaging. Yeah. It's a messaging problem, and I, I do, you know, I will say Bernie has a problem with numbers. <laughs> I would not, you know, I don't think it's a well, he, it's a fair, fair and reasonable analysis. I know his two favorite. Not great, great with the numbers. I know his two favorite numbers, which are. Billion and million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I think he's focused more on billionaires now. Yeah. I think I think everyone's I, sort of left the billionaires alone. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. millionaires are. It's a way. I need to vote. <laughs> yeah. There's also, quite a few of them. There's quite a few of them. There's also an. A, it's an order of magnitude difference. Yeah. So they're really two different types of people. Yeah. And we really shouldn't be, be like. Yeah. Millionaires are like, come on, guys. So I think that on the Democratic side, just to like sort of tie what you're saying together, I think it's interesting. I And I, and I, I don't know. I'm keeping my eyes open. I think that people are more interested in some radical change in certain areas of their life be it healthcare better greater social safety nets some of these more like you know climate change stuff i think i think people want like a little more results from their government and so they're not looking for a status quo person to come in make incremental change that will maybe chunk away at some of the the problems they're facing i think people are feeling whether or not they're living better lives than they ever were, which I think, you know, some metrics you can look at and say they are. I think people are very dissatisfied with their current life for whatever reason, whether it's... I agree. And I I believe income inequality is driving that dissatisfaction. Uh, And so I think it's it's like that's how, that's why we measure happiness, right? It's like expectation versus actual. 
right? That's what dictates someone's happiness. So you look at a Norwegian country where everyone's like sort of on the same level and everyone's walking around happy. You look here, well, we may have cooler Norwegian shit. Norwegian countries aren't perfect. So of course that. not. But I mean, their, their happiness levels are far high. They're one of the blue zones. You know what I'm talking about? You've ever read those? Oh, yeah, what are those? The like happiest places on earth where people are like pulled and are like happier and, and more fulfilled with their day in, day out life and existence. Yeah. It's like Japan, Nordic. There's like certain blue zones where people are just fulfilled. Yeah. We're not a blue zone, needless to say. But there's a lot of, and now there's a lot of reasons why. And it's yeah. not just income inequality. It's, you it's know, all not sorts just free of, healthcare. Not just free healthcare. No, but I'm just saying, for whatever reason, we are very dissatisfied as a yeah. as a, as a country. Like our base of yeah. people are like, this isn't going well. Whether it's the student loans or the healthcare or the you know the the billionaires when you're trying to pay off your your bills or whatever it is. And so I think. I think that people are more comfortable with, uh, well, and then Trump presidency. So I think people are more comfortable with that radical change, and that's why you've got Trump in the first place. Yeah. And I think you're going to get the same reaction on the left. And as long as the mainstream keeps trying to fight it back, I think it's just going to keep budding and growing until eventually it happens. And this is the perfect election because, as you indicated, this is a very weak candidate, right? This is not, they're not running um, Reagan, right? Or it's not Nikki, Reagan up yeah, there. Or Nikki Haley. Even Nikki Haley, yeah, I mean, and whatever. The, yeah. Point is like, you know, whatever. Kind of this nice, is a, nice, you know. This should fine, be, yeah, this clean. should be a, a walk, a walk in the park for whoever makes it to the general election. And the fact that the billionaires are a little panicked that Elizabeth Warren's, uh, you know, in her high taxes that she's indicated she's going to put on them is going to lead the American public to re vote Trump back into the election, into the office after an impeachment. Well, it's not. I mean, sure. I think that's a little far fetched. I don't think Elizabeth Warren's I, policies are so like. I, I I'm not saying I don't think that I like oh, yeah. So I, I I read you loud and clear. I think, but I think my my, my reading reading read of it is that, in fact, most people don't want radical change. Yeah. And that most people, in fact, yeah, want incremental change. Sure. And probably want this like the temperature to cool off. Yeah, and so and not not global, and that's not a global warming part. <laughs> I mean I mean politically. But also the divisiveness, the divisiveness and the violence of like political rhetoric is kind of freaking everybody out, and everybody wants just to like go back to the happy Obama days. Yeah, and so and maybe so Pete, like, maybe we get Pete. So I mean, I I, 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 I tell you who's not going to win a billionaire. I know a billionaire yeah, is yeah, not winning. That's a joke. And, <laughs> it's and just and not it's, happening. It's just a total joke. I mean, I cannot believe that. It's just insane. I, I, you, know, you have to be a billionaire that removed from the public to believe that you. You have to be a billionaire to think a billionaire could win right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just that idiot. Bloomberg's like, like, literally everyone I know is telling me that I have, I'm have. i a great chef. It's like, yeah, you and your 400 billionaire friends. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. I went to Davos and they all told me to run. <laughs> yeah. like, um, somehow the other 300 million people here aren't in today, yeah, but. Yeah. I, I think the other thing I wanted to say about the Pete Buttigieg thing is just that from a tactical election possibilities standpoint, it's interesting. All of a sudden, nationally, he pulls well below Warren and yeah. all, of it. but the, the 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 pole you know the pole position in Iowa is important. Yeah, and we can talk about how it's idiotic that Iowa has to say these things. It whatever. is whatever, um, but the fact is that's the way it is. And so, you know, if if he would have come in first in Iowa, like that, all of a sudden takes him to the top tier. You know, right? Sure. So like this, and this just being in first all of a sudden takes him to the top yeah. tier in the sense that if he wins in Iowa. And like he's know, Bernie or Warren comes second, it. and then you go to New Hampshire. Bernie's got that unlock. Well, well, actually, it's the polling is very flat there. Is it? Bernie and and, uh, and Warren, Warren and Biden are all like right there. And then well, 
just to, just on the on the Iowa thing because I agree if by if if Pete wins now now he's a candidate now he's in it and and, and, and like and that's, 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 that builds momentum and he's that centrist uh, he's yeah. that centrist candidate conversely he, you know he might like Biden might just like collapse that's what I was gonna say conversely like if if Pete yeah if 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 he wins there and he establishes himself as the premier centrist candidate you'll see you'll see Biden drop out of the race within weeks I I would think which would yeah. be crazy because then all of a sudden it narrows down quick and all and of now, a sudden yeah. you've got you know, either yeah. Bernie or Warren kind of come out of the mess, the muck, and it's like, it's like you got Pete in on on this lane, it's, and it's and it's the, the whatever the Bernie Warren on the other side, and uh, we got to and and we're and we off to the races because now we got a race. So and if, it's like and then you, and you've got Bernie and Warren sort of cannibalizing each other's votes with Pete just riding it out, and that's right, yeah, that's, like the that combined could, votes in Iowa are clearly you know. I think that would put them, their combined votes put them at 35%, Pete's only at 25%. And you could really round those into the same candidate. It's yeah. really just like, uh, do you want an old it's, Jewish guy saying this, yeah. or do you want like a, uh, you yeah. know, some... Like a professor, you know... Yeah, professor from one Oklahoma. 20, one 2020 Indian professor, or Native American, I should say. One 2020th Native American Cherokee professor let me, from, let, from Massachusetts, you know, has glasses, no offense to glasses, where is it just, you know, gets yeah. off that bookish vibe. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting thing, but I, I think that's a big development for Pete's, you know, Mayor Pete's campaign, where it before he'd been percolating in that second tier, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, he has a, he has a, he has a very realistic series of like, like, you know, path to victory now, all of a sudden, whereas before it was still I, a little... I can see him win Iowa, but then you don't have another primary, you know, because the Democratic primary then goes New Hampshire, and then it goes South Carolina, yeah. right? And I don't know that Mayor Pete is gonna do as well in South Carolina. No, he's pulling much below. Yeah. Right. So, but, but but right now Bernie's. I mean, I think Biden's number one in, in, South, in South Carolina. Carolina. Right. So it's like yeah. You know, Biden. If, if 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 he comes in first in Iowa, and does well, rides that to a, a nice second place victory, maybe behind Warren in New Hampshire. Yeah. And he and then it goes to South Carolina, and it's. What if Biden wins South Carolina after that? And right. Now so you're, now you're now who knows what. The yeah. And now it's chaos. I mean and. So I'm excited either way. I just you know if Biden drops out there, maybe he he maybe you know between now and then he falls off and it's like, you know that that Biden vote in South Carolina. Where does that go? Where is Biden going on, man? How does he just keep chugging? Indefatigable Joe Biden, Uncle Joe. Yeah, and you know and and an ego that this will not die. (laughs) It's like usually as you age, you know your ego kind of maybe so you know eases out and you kind of gauge just wisdom yeah. of like yourself and the perspective on yourself and the yeah. way the world works and how you, no, you know, Joe's still, I'm Uncle Joe and I'm here to tell you that I, I'm a good hard work, I love good hard working Americans and uh, I did the civil rights movement yeah. pretty much alone, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, if not for me. Yeah, it's, all right, well, uh, that's that, an hour and 36, 37 minutes, it's kind of long, but you know. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the name of the game. Uh, can't, why don't you start rolling? Oh, oh, what's our outro? Oh, it's it's definitely, uh, we're going to queue it up. Hold on. All Embrace right. the chaos. Embrace the chaos, everyone. Or outroing a nerd. Catch you later. Shut up,